Jordan, did you have a question? No, I just put another clip in my hair for fun. We're good. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I looked up and, and I just want to make sure everyone's ready. No, no, no. no. Okay. I would use the raise um, hand feature if I had a... <laughs> oh, that's right. I always forget about that. Um. <laughs> So I'm here with Noise, uh, which Noise is Hunter Bacchus, uh, Janos Chontos, Jordan Luloff, and Brandon Quarles. Sorry, I just got really nervous oh like saying everyone's <laughs> name. I thought you nailed it. Good like, job. It's a scary I, moment. I was like, I just had like a brain fart and can't say anyone's name. Um, <laughs> so I'm here with Noise. Guys, you're back after three years. Three years. Oh. We did this three That's years crazy. ago. Enjoy. That's crazy. Oh, I yeah. remember it. It was. It was in Jordan's oh. apartment. Oh, well, the apartment. <laughs> um, wait, oh, I just saw Jordan's raised hand. We're doing this on Zoom. I'm so sorry, Jordan. <laughs> you raised your hand so politely, and I, I ignored you. Um, it's okay. <laughs> the raised hand it. thing is so small, I find. It's very small. I need, like... I'm all about the reactions. Yep. you got to use the claps. That's what that's Yeah, what I, I need, like, the flashing lights or something. Like, I Thank you for that. Yeah, you're up. That's great. Um, <laughs> so, guys, do you have do you have some news for people that you'd like to share about an upcoming thing coming to fruition? Yeah, I mean, uh, the craziest thing I guess is I was thinking back to when we did have our three year ago first spot on OddPod, and I'm pretty sure we were like. You were like, "What do you? What's next?" And we were like, "Yeah, I think we're gonna record an album." <laughs> uh, and so now it's crazy that we're here to talk with you today about that album that like is finally Woo! coming out. I can't. What year? What 2018. year? Twenty eighteen. Oddpod. Was that? Well, it was that end of no, so, yeah, 20 We literally. N- no, no. Oh wait. At sorry, the end of that. we recorded wait, the album, album at the end of twenty eighteen. If you're asking about the podcast, oh. I forget the <laughs> yeah, the that podcast, was a lot though. I think was podcast was 2017 it was it was episode 10 yeah I remember like I think we had just taken our first photos that day it was like a big news day like we went out and then we and then we came and did your did the show yeah it was yeah it was that was episode 10 and this episode that you guys are on now is episode 52 which I know it's not it's not the output of some podcasts, but you know I I work in my I just a lot. <laughs> I just found the pic the picture we posted from that uh, that recording, and it was on June sixth, two thousand seventeen. So Aww. we weren't we weren't even a year old then. Wow! So almost exactly three years ago, three years wow. and three days. Yeah, actually, I didn't even know it was quite that close. Wow! Crazy. Oh. Um. Cool. Guys, the the album, the baby has is is basically <laughs> not presented to the world no. yet, but when uh 
but yeah, when when is the when is the album dropping? Yeah, so the the cool thing is like since this will come out on Friday, right on the twelfth. Oh, big big gulp! Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, so <laughs> no, it's okay. That was my bad for like. Let me ask you a question right as you drink. I'm I'm hydrating. Uh, yeah, true. So yeah, on Friday on the twelfth, we're we'll be announcing it. So I guess today, yeah, future wow. people, future me, yeah. um, we're we're announcing it uh, to pre-order. Um, with all of the proceeds from the pre-order going to uh, Brave Space Alliance. And then uh, the album officially drops on June 26th. And uh, on June 26th, we're, we're competing with uh, one of Brandon and my favorite bands, Haim, is also putting out an album that day. Um, so we're a little bummed that they might do a little better than us uh, when it comes <laughs> out. But that's okay. We love them. So that's, that's, uh, that, that's, that's expected. Poppycock. I don't know. I think the noise fan base could give Heim's fan base a run. You know, there you I go. Mean, Maybe. For what it's worth, I've never heard of Heim, but I've heard of noise. So there you go. Hey. <laughs> also, Heim sounds like Heinz, which is ketchup. True. You're right. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a pro for us, I guess. But Hunter, that... don't you love ketchup? <laughs> don't you? Lo- you don't? I mean, it's it's odd. It's good. I don't. I wouldn't say I, I love, love it. He's not consuming it in buckets. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm more. I was way more excited. Oh, guys, I got. This has nothing to do with anything. I got heckies today. Oh yeah. Uh, but I got f- a free bottle of hot barbecues. Hey, that's sauce. right. That. Uh, and I'm way more excited about that. Than Interesting. Me. Wait, what's heckies? Oh, heckies Hec- is a barbecue place right down the street from me in Evanston. Uh, started by Hecky Powell, uh, who tragically actually just just died from coronavirus about three weeks ago. It was um, but, corona. Yeah, but the business has recently reopened. He's like really like pretty pretty amazing person and inspirational. He like uh, started heckies with like not much money uh, in his pocket years ago, and it's uh, he was an advisor to Obama during his uh, one of his first campaigns here in Chicago. And he uh, is a big, like, community person uh, in Evanston, has the Forrest Powell Foundation, which uh, supports music scholarships for local kids. And, uh, yeah, and his barbecue is amazing. At one time, it's one so time I was, oh. uh, I was working at uh, uh, the Out of Space Festival, and Hecky was there, and he came out. And he came into the festival and was like, I'm Mr. Hecky, I'm just going to talk to the people that are working at my stand. And I was like, of course, please, I would let you in to free, for free, even if you aren't here. Like, I love your barbecue, you're my hero. <laughs> Uh, and then he came back and he shook my hand back in the time when handshakes were cool. And, uh, he was like, thanks for letting me in. I just had to show him, uh, how it was done. And, uh, that was the greatest day of my life. Dang. I can't believe you. (laughs) The barbecues is, it's, it's great. Actually, our first ever meeting as of noise was over at This is true. Oh my God. There's so many things just coming full circle. Wow. Yeah. September 14th, 2016. Hecky's Barbecue. Well, next time I'm in, I'm in Evanston, I don't get up there much. These well, I don't. There are a lot of places I don't get to these days. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, next time, next time I'm there, I do love a good barbecue. It is a good barbecue. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna steer us back to the album. Sounds good. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the um, the tra- I was gonna say the tracks that are on this album, the the pieces that are on this album. So we've got six tracks. Are cool. Six. <laughs> we've got six pieces here and um we had two new commissions and four kind of pre-existing pieces um can you uh tell me a little bit about how um 
how you ended up uh, kind of selecting, uh, in particular, first, like, the, the four pre-existing pieces and kind of what was your guiding philosophy? Uh, I guess I'll, I'll start. It's, it's actually three pieces that were written for us. Oh, wait, um, how did I screw that up? That's okay. No, that's okay. Oh, no. Um, uh, yeah, no, no worries. So there are three of, like, well, let me start over. So the, there, the idea was that we had done a concert. It was actually our very first concert at Constellation in Chicago, like the hallowed, uh, you know, sort of new music clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Maybe clubhouse is the wrong word, but, like, the spot. The hang. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we had obviously wanted to play there for a long time, and it was like a really cool thing that we got to do. And it was the opening concert of our second season, I guess it was, right? If yeah. I'm doing the math yeah. right. I think so, yeah. yeah no- November 2017. Yeah, and yeah, right. And so we were like, okay, well, what are we going to play on this big concert? Like, it's kind of big, really, sort of our Chicago debut concert. We had played, you know, around. We'd actually toured a little bit too, but. I don't think we'd ever really played a real Chicago venue yet. Um, so we decided we'd do an all Chicago composers concert, keep it home, homegrown. And, uh, you know, we all were actually still in school at the time at Northwestern University. And so we had friends, as you do, that were composers. And we, we just wanted to work with them. So uh, the first piece, actually, it's crazy, like the Matthew Arain's piece, apertures is the very first piece that was ever written for our group <gasps> like period which is wild after now what like 35 yeah. or more Whoa. Um, so that was really special and that one had like already existed before that concert we had we had done a a, a class with claire chase where we got paired up with composers and matthew like that paired with us um but then for that concert we were like well we need new pieces let's get our friends to write some so we asked nikki harlofty and craig davis penson to write us new pieces um and then on that concert we just did uh the piece by hans tamala and the piece by dave remnick uh, and then later we would do marcus's piece but um and it was just great I mean, it was a good concert it was like packed which was wild and oh yeah jordan wants to say something didn't we play marcus Walter on that we did that sorry we played marcus's oh. and we sorry and we did play around. hans's right <laughs> You're right. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Sorry. We played Margot's piece. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, it's so long ago. It's hard to remember. <laughs> but yeah. So we played Marcos's piece and we played Dave's piece, but we did not play Hans. We saved that one for later. Um, but we did have like our, our teachers came up to us afterwards and were like, that was a great show. Uh, you just like need to just walk on into the recording studio and do that. And they so make it sound so easy. Good. Yeah, ex- totally. Yeah, exactly. So we gave it a lot of thought, and we're like, "Yeah, that actually sounds like a really cool thing." Because we we're like, "What should our first album be?" Um, and in many, you know, a lot of groups' first records are sort of statements about where they're from or like what kind of the vibe is or whatever. So we just figured we'd we'd do a hometown kind of record. Uh, so in terms of uh, the commissioned pieces that you had, um, uh, what were uh were some of the experiences that you had with these composers like um and i was wondering if you could kind of talk about the process of working with them like if there was you know kind of a lot of collaboration or like just back and forth in general or i mean i can i can speak to we can start with like with matthew 
Um, like Brandon touched on, that that was the first piece ever written for us, and it was written as part of a class at Northwestern with Claire Chase, and that was really amazing because we, um, that was like probably one of the times that we've worked closest with the composer on a piece, and it was like constant collaboration and uh, constant trying ideas with each other, and uh, <clears throat> the score for the piece actually like looks, it's it's uh, it's definitely notated, but it has a lot of visual elements as well. Um, that were kind of developed through the course of that class and so what quarters in northwestern are 10 weeks long so that was like a 10-week collaboration process where it wasn't once a week but i would say maybe like six seven eight meetings that we had with matthew trying things uh leading up towards the premiere um of that work and so i mean for that collaboration that was really special and then same with 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 nikki and craig too like things started rolling in the fall and it's nice when you're working with composers that are going to the same music building as you are every day, right. you know, because <laughs> everybody's pretty accessible. Yeah, it can be as simple as sitting in the middle of the lobby and Nikki comes by and says, hey, what do you think about this idea? And like, you can have a conversation about that. And that's a lot easier than when someone's like across the country and you have to be emailing. So I'd say all of those were those three pieces in particular, um, at least I hold near and dear because the collaborations were so close um, and filled with friendship and love. <laughs> yeah, I think that was like my my biggest uh, takeaway from those is, you know, those three composers are, you know, excellent, wonderful composers, but they're also like amazing humans and amazing friends. And I think for us, um, it was really, really special working with them um, to kind of, you know, marry the, the gap between friends and, and work colleagues um, and just kind of uh, work with them um, in such a unique and intimate way. On something that we all love to do as our career, guys. My uh, radio, or not my radio, my mic though. Just like um, <laughs> too much. <laughs> it only took like interview took over. Uh. <laughs> um, but to work with them in such an intimate way, uh, you know, both as as friends and also as as work colleagues, was really really special to us. And you know, maybe yeah. one thing to add to um, now that I've thought of a response to. Brandon's response to the first question. Um, I think one thing that makes this album special for me is that that first concert at Constellation um, was such a warm welcome for us into the Chicago new music scene. And every, I mean, every concert I ever go to at Constellation just kind of feels like a big like family hang and a big environment. But I mean, that when you're like when you're the one performing and something like that, it's cool to see like all your friends come out and everyone like the community really like a visual representation of the community coming together. Um, and I think uh, that moment was pretty special for me. I think it's cool that we got to like capture what happened that night on a CD coming out three years later. <laughs> yeah, I remember just thinking okay. it was like, because I, I remember our, our teacher, Professor uh, Tamer Sullivan, because he was at the show and he came up afterwards. And like Brandon mentioned, he was one of the people who said, yeah, guys, just go to the studio and record it. And it seems so like, I don't know maybe far-fetched at the time i was like man are we even ready to do that i feel like we have so much to work on but um i think uh, that really planted a seed that sort of grew and we were like yeah and that first show essentially did just become our first album plus one piece did all of you um did all of you have some experience before that being like really heavily involved in a recording project I'm gonna start out. Oh, you got it. Oh, go for it. No, go for it. I was gonna say uh, I'm gonna start out by saying no at like none at all, uh, especially <laughs> in the in the way that we recorded. Like 
I think we had like 26 microphones or something like that, that on us. Uh, and it was 27 to be exact. 27. If my memory serves. It was to just be nerdy about that stuff. So going from like recording, uh, you know, for, for me at least when I was an undergrad, I think we recorded uh, for a con- like a, a competition, literally at, like on a Zoom recorder. And yeah. but like it was that was the only recording thing I've ever done. Like I've never like recorded any like CD or or tracks or anything like that ever before. So the only recording. Uh, situation that I've ever been in was like recording my you know my recital or recording you know something for a competition so for me it was it was wild it was mm-hmm. very very different yeah wake up yeah, sorry woof <laughs> uh, well now that I'm awake um, yeah I, I think I'm, I'm in a similar boat as Hunter I, I don't think I've uh, uh, yeah I had certainly nothing that extensive I've recorded like some some arrangement of God rest ye merry gentlemen on a Christmas album at my previous, uh, back in undergrad. Uh, that was the extent of my recording studio. Yeah, experience. Yeah, actually, yeah, you, you, yeah you can find it on Spotify. It's, uh, the, I'll go, go oh, find man. it. It's, uh, I think it's called, the album's called just like, uh, Christmas at Pacific or something. My, my alma mater is university oh, of the Pacific in California. Um, and if you guys know the, the new century sax quartet arrangement, of yeah, God rest you, oh, merry yes. gentlemen. Did you record uh, that? Yeah, we played it kind of slow because uh, um, we just—I don't know—we didn't put a ton of time into it. But that's amazing. Um, people still said it was the best thing in the album. So, <laughs> but other than was that, was it like was yeah. it was it fairly traditional or was it like swingy? it's it's sort of like a yeah it's it's not uh, it's not really swung but it's it's kind of like um, uh, I don't know if you guys know the arrangement how would you describe it it is sort of fun and like kind of klezmer influence kind of like that it's it's a fun arrangement of it um and uh yeah for the like you need to if you like well if you just like music you should go listen to the the new century saxophone quartet christmas album from i don't i hope it's still on spotify it's it's <laughs> it, it is it's great like yeah the the we three kings that's called we four kings is just <laughs> yeah yeah it's so many it's good tunes so on that record <laughs> yeah i can think oh my God. well actually right before that uh Symphonic Wind Ensemble at Northwestern recorded an album before we did ours, and that Brandon Brandon Janos uh, and I were on that one, uh, and you know fun fun behind the scenes stories uh, from Noise. There was an entrance in the beginning of Carter Pan's piece, My Brother's Brain, between the tenor saxophone and the baritone saxophone. Uh, I don't even remember the notes that it came in, but they were low, and Janos and I missed them. <laughs> Every time we blew probably we, blew, we probably the two of us like we blew like twenty plus takes for the band uh, on just that interest and Mallory Thompson call, started calling it our uh, our ringtone, quote unquote, uh, and I my roommate Julian had to uh, have me sub a cycle for him in band last year after I had already graduated and I show up to my first day of Symphonic Wind Ensemble and Mallory Thompson goes oh Jordan you're back gonna have any ringtones in rehearsal this time. And, uh, so that's, that's just to, uh, you know, everybody listening out there, remember that you can, you can mess up a lot of takes in a recording session and yeah, it's fine, but also maybe it'll follow you forever. <laughs> <laughs> also, maybe people will just remind you of yeah. your failures. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think Red is running. Uh, yeah. And I had done a lot of, well, a lot, I guess, like when I was, uh, in my younger days, I used to play a lot of rock and pop music. Uh, and uh, like what well, when I was like 16, 17, 17, 18 uh, we recorded like two EPs mm-hmm. um, and I like 
even I, I loved being that was like yeah I thought I was going to do like audio engineering for a while just because I was just so in love with like being in a studio mm-hmm. even if it was I mean it's a beautiful little place in Chattanooga uh, it's this guy's house it was awesome but and I even like hung around there after it was over I was like hey like do you do interns I mean of course this guy didn't have any money to pay anything, <laughs> so uh, he was just he was gracious enough that I did work on one one session with this amazing uh, funk band out of Chattanooga that doesn't exist anymore but um, they used my uh, they used my roads that I'd recently <laughs> played, which was fun yeah, it was rad. It was a lot of fun. I was like, I was like, that guy's playing it way better than I will ever play it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, have fun. It's like, have a good day. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I'd done a lot of that, and I always just been really fascinated by recordings and stuff. And but I was always really curious about how classical music ones worked, because like the way that we did it, at least, and it's pretty common the way a lot of pop sessions are done is like stacking it up, you know, from like a bass track. Um, all it's just maybe usually do a click if not to click then certainly just to like some drums um and you can really you know i watched crazy things happen in which it was like oh man i like moved my finger on that one note and they're like i got it just like let me whoop <laughs> sub that one thing but in my head it was like because it was all on a grid it made sense like you could just like pop it in there yeah but i was like how in the world if you're like recording like when we did that sweet record it was eye-opening just to like how that kind of how that kind of works or just the different modes of uh different ways of recording um, but yeah, like Jordan says, I mean, spoiler alert. Yeah. Anything's possible pretty much, which is, which is amazing. And it's yeah. very cool. It's, it's wild. Um, so, um, having the experiences that you've all had before, uh, you know, whether they're, uh, not numerous <laughs> or, <laughs> or, um, or, or, sorry, I can't speak English today. Um, <laughs> Having uh, what you know, whatever background that you you each had in recording, um, were there uh, were there some some challenges to the whole process of recording together that you maybe didn't anticipate, and did uh, did it did you learn new things about kind of working together? We did it all in one <laughs> yeah, take. Yeah, all right? in one take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it essentially yeah. took like what, maybe an hour, and then we were out of there, right? Yeah, I mean, we just yeah. we turned Easy. the mics on Easy. and we said, "All right, guys, let's go." Yeah, uh. you better have these boys on, Dan. <laughs> you gotta capture this thing. We're gonna play it once. Uh, I'm gonna throw myself under the bus and just say to everybody: if you <laughs> if you go into a recording session, make sure that you're playing all the right rhythms, because I think the worst part of this. <laughs> oh man. So we were in the middle of uh, of Nikki's of Nikki's piece, and Jordan and I uh, changed the rhythm of this thing, like the meter. We felt it in a different meter than Brandon and Janosch were doing. Gotta um, feel everything in the big beat back just, to the beginning. You gotta feel everything in, a, in the big beat. Um, so we were doing this thing, and it was working, but like there was one part that we kept on messing up, and I was uh-huh. like, guys, I don't know what's happening, but like something sounds wrong, and. Uh, lo and behold, I was just playing the wrong thing for like ten measures, so I had to. We took well, like a lunch like break. Fifteen yeah. takes. Yeah, prior to it that. was and 15, awful. And then I was like, fifteen oh. takes and like and like probably like fifteen or twenty gigs too. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It was also like the hardest part of the entire uh, piece because it's this like uh, this round uh, thing that happens uh, with this like Ornette Coleman transcription thing that Nikki made 
and mm. everybody was like doing the same thing. So like, I was just like not doing the right thing. It was <laughs> wild. So basically, I had to like in the recording session learn the piece again or learn those ten measures and then recorded <laughs> it, and it was great. But before that, it was not. So learn <laughs> learn your music. Yeah. I think uh, I think throwing myself <laughs> under the bus here. Uh, you know, when you play the saxophone, spit is an amazing thing. You know. <laughs> And I'm like a, I'm a, I've, as I've played the saxophone for a long time, lots of spit gets in my sound. I feel like more than others too. And for me, what I learned <laughs> in the recording session is just like, just how much that gets picked up from the mics, you know? Mm. And oh, uh, so I think like, I personally learned that it's like, I didn't come into that session with nearly enough reads ready to go. And nearly enough, like, I hadn't figured out how to not, I still haven't figured it out, I, but at the time I hadn't figured out how to, uh, like, get all these, like, weird sounds out of my sound. And, like, everything is so amplified when you've got 27 mics on you, some of which are, like, incredibly close to where that spit sound is happening. So I think, I don't know, I think for me I just kind of learned that, like, when you're recording you can never be prepared enough and... You can never put yourself under yeah. a, like a, a strong enough microphone before you go or a microscope before you do it. Yeah, it's like when you, you, no matter what it is, no matter how much you think you know it or you've nailed it, always when you go back and listen to it, when you're picking takes or doing mixing or something, you're always like, why yeah. does that sound like yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, on that note, I think I... I learned a lot more listening back to the takes than actually in the recording session. For me, the, the session went pretty much as I expected it to. I knew there would be some like difficult spots, and we moved at a pace that, I, I don't know, I thought I guess was normal. Um, but uh, <laughs> afterwards, when I was listening back to it, it's when I was like, okay. Um, I, it's sort of like an epiphany of, of what actually matters. Because like, you get in your own head about like playing all the notes and and stuff perfectly and maybe you like sort of flubbed up a, a lake a little bit and like 90% of the stuff you're thinking about and worried about messing up like doesn't even translate when you listen back to it you just don't yeah. even hear it and I found that so fascinating yeah. and and yet like really simple things um like in uh, Marcus Balter's piece which I spent a lot of time listening back to um after the fact uh it's uh, the whole thing is just like every measure and uh, every two measures, there's a crescendo and a decrescendo and, and like little things like us, like not matching perfectly on the dynamic was like way more obvious than anyone. Like, I don't know, accidentally only putting, you know, four notes instead of five notes in their quintuplet, you know, little things like that are just, right. uh, they seem big in the moment, but you know, in reality, they, they don't really translate. Yeah. Maybe one thing that was like an unexpected, um, or maybe not unexpected, but just like a, <laughs> like a, I don't even know what the word I want. Things that weren't as I expected it to be, I guess. Maybe not unexpected, but because we had talked, we we did talk a lot about like um, whether to use a click track or not on like certain things, um, and like, yeah, I don't know. It's there's some interesting things like when you're recording. There's like it's almost like a like everything this is about to get really heady it's like there's like a really <laughs> philosophical thing about like everything mm -hmm. you do you know like are we trying to like one of the things we did talk about early on was like you have to kind of decide like, what you want the record to be or sound like mm -hmm. in terms of like timbre um but also just like in terms of like what does it feel like when you put the headphones on or on your speakers 
Right, like, like how like, much of how much of the room do you want to hear? Yeah. Like, what should that sound like? Like, do you feel like you're in a real, like, you feel like I'm at a concert? Or am I feeling like this is just some amazing sound that's, I, yes, these are saxophones. Coming but out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. like, some, its own thing, you know. And I think for this first one, we sort of struck a balance between, like, a, it, it sounds really live, actually. It's really what it is. Because, because of, almost because of where we recorded it. Because mm. we recorded it at Northern Illinois University in their big concert hall. Mm-hmm. And like, it, that suited the pieces really well, actually, particularly like the balter, to have like a real nice natural reverb was really sweet. Um, and so I do like that about that album. But there was those things where it was like, okay, because we're in this kind of boomy room, this is going to affect like how we do takes. Like you just yeah. can't kind of start out of nowhere. <laughs> there actually yeah. has to be sound already like in the thing, you know, yeah. in the room. So some things where like the physical space, I mean, I guess I thought it would, I knew it would matter, but I didn't think it would, it would so dictate like almost what we yeah. were, like how we were operating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I remember like, uh, for like, like Brandon, when you and I did Clay's piece at ESS, and I was doing mixing with uh, with Alex Inglesian later, and he, you know he's like, oh, I just gotta like get some room sound and do this, and I like, you know, that's not even that. There's not a huge like room sound element in that space even. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you have to have it. You know, you have to yeah. have room tone, uh, room to tone. like just to balloon things across. But but even mm-hmm. something, yeah, in ESS you can do you can do stuff that we weren't able to do because of the nature of this, the big old space that we did. Yeah, a, a big old space indeed. Big old space. Um, hold on, I'm, getting, I'm just <laughs> picking my brain up off the floor. Um, <laughs> like I do every day. That's one of our rejected album titles, actually. <laughs> <laughs> picking my brain up off the floor. <laughs> Not really. Maybe. That would be like that's it's record two. I can't decide if that's an e- an emo album or a metal album. <laughs> Probably both. Yeah. It's no. <laughs> a nice high. Emo album. metal is that a genre? It should Probably. be. Probably. Or uh, I feel like there's overlap. Like there's a yeah. Venn <laughs> Oh yeah, there's definitely yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. A lot of feelings. <laughs> um. So uh. What are uh, what are some things that you would like listeners to take away uh, from from hearing this album? Uh, you know, things about the composers, about the pieces themselves, um, about you guys as players. Huh, that's a great question. Or do you, I mean, I, if if you have, it's okay if you haven't thought about that. No, I I've definitely thought about it. Um. You guys are like fuck listeners. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just buy our album. This album That's is right. just for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, um, yeah, like, we called it Is This Noise uh, both as, like, uh, <laughs> like insider trade. Should we do the insider trade secret? I feel like this is, like, the place, the ex- exclusion, yeah. or the exclusive. Uh, well, at least Jordan and I are, are big fans of The Strokes. Uh, okay. the rock bands and uh, their debut album is called Is This It and 
I, you know, you're just trying to think. Naming things is really hard, as we probably talked about on the last Odd Pod, if you want to go back and hear how in the world we came up with our name. Uh, but naming things is still hard, you know. It, it remains hard. Yeah, it'll always be hard. So when you had to name an album, it was like, okay, well, let's, at least in my brain, like, what are some good debut album titles? Uh, and I thought about that one, and then I was like, oh, that would be kind of cool. Like, if you're thinking about the record, like, in many ways, it's it's not an it's not an album of anything that I've really ever heard before in terms of like a saxophone quartet album that is the saxophone being used in its not normal way really for like the whole record pretty yeah. much um, there's like little bits of respite I guess where you actually you know maybe use it the right way <laughs> or not the right way but just like a way uh, and in many ways, like sort of the, I guess the principal question often of new music, but also in my mind, just music in general, is like, it, what is noise or is this thing that I'm confronted with? Is it a noise or is it music? Yeah. And yeah, not to get like too deep, but that's sort of like, I guess one of the things I want to, I would like somebody to take away is just the thought of, it it just like opens up questions like the fact that it is the whole record is sort of this like question inducing thing like what is the saxophone who are these people that are playing it uh who are these composers like what are these sounds <laughs> um <laughs> you know <laughs> and i think that's really cool like to have an album that's just basically one big old question mark mm-hmm. yeah. but it's also like a statement obviously it's like maybe it's a question mark with the exclamation point right after it if it had to be a punctuation <laughs> N- mark an interrobang oh is that have a name yeah. Oh, man. T-I-L. <laughs> that makes me so happy as like a I'm big pretty, old grammar I'm like 99.9% sure it's called an interrobang. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> that was the best reaction I've ever seen. Oh, man. Sorry, I really, I think, I'm nerdy about I punctuation. Think I, I think I just blew Brandon's mind. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. great. So, yeah, that's, um, that's basically what I wanted to be like. I wanted to be an interrobang, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I can uh, to, to speak on this a little more. Um, for me, uh, this album was recorded and mixed and mastered by Dan Nichols. And listening to this album, it's like Brandon. Brandon kind of touched touched on this a little bit. I just listened through the whole thing actually right before this podcast because we needed to make sure that the CD uh, pressing didn't have any errors on it because that happened to my dad once on a CD where there were clicks throughout the entire pressing of the (gasps) CD and those CDs are now coasters all across my childhood home. Um, (laughs) So I had to listen listen through and I think Brandon touched on it where it's like Dan with his 27 mics and his editing did something pretty amazing with this record where I have I've never heard a record like this. It feels like listening to it in headphones feels like you're sitting dead in the min- middle of this saxophone quartet but like maybe it's a saxophone quartet because there's sounds coming out of this record where i'm like i don't even remember making that like <laughs> i don't how did i how did i make that come out of my saxophone uh and i think that's pretty cool it's like the audio uh experience for me as a listener um it's like really rewarding to just kind of sit and be like oh i can, I can hear hunter in the front left and like i can hear brandon in the back back left and like it's i don't know i think I think I really nerd out about that. <laughs> well, that's cool too because it kind of shows how, I mean, the great thing about it is it is such a live album in the sense that it's there's no, 
there's no phasers or delays or anything going on like that. Yeah. <laughs> Though that would be rad if there were. <laughs> be uh, a, very, a very different album. <laughs> yeah, it would be a totally different thing. But uh, so like what you're hearing is is like we definitely really played that, even yeah. if there's some edits. And oftentimes there's there's not. I mean there. Yeah, I mean on this one there's not any like crazy edits. I would say you know what I mean. No. Where there was right. just like some magic that happened. Um, <laughs> but like you're really hearing kind of what happened at little moments and like Jordan's saying to be like, is that real? Yeah. <laughs> you know, is that, what is that, that sound that's happening right now? And knowing at least on my end, like, like, Oh, somebody actually made that. Yeah. <laughs> um, is pretty mystifying, you know, particularly now, however, two years after we recorded it and having a good distance from it being like, Oh yeah, I don't, yeah. Remember, I don't remember Janos doing that note or yeah. whatever, but I like the way that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> sounds really cool. Janos Hunter thoughts? I think you guys summed it up pretty well. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I have much to add. Hunter, you? Mm, no, I think you guys kind of pretty much have it. Audrey, what did you, if we can flip the flip the grid here, like what did you take away from it? Oh, man. I, I mean, I think, um, honestly, like what, what you're talking about in terms of making sounds that you don't necessarily associate with traditional saxophone playing um, really resonated with me, especially, uh, especially, I mean, if I'm being honest, like I think, um, but obviously not to shit on the other composers, but um, Craig and Nikki's pieces were probably like my, a couple of my faves. Um, and, and I know Craig's, be- and it also helps that, like, I know them, like, oh, as sure. people, yeah. and I am very fond of them. Uh, <laughs> um, like, you know, you listen to Craig's piece, and there's all this, like, kind of, like, hushed percussion kind of sound happening in there. And it's very, for me, it, like, really, it, there are times where it just sounds like percussion, and it's not necessarily, I'm like, oh, this could be any number of things it doesn't necessarily have to be a saxophone but it also kind of reminds me a little bit like where it gets sort of rhythmically dense but it's very like uh not super high in volume it also reminds me of certain parts of like sometimes like kind of metal songs which is yeah word <laughs> which like craig is into yeah so. seems on brand yeah <laughs> um so yeah i don't i mean it's it's definitely i I mean, like I've definitely listened to the whole whole record like all the way through a couple times and I feel like I need to listen to it like several more times to really like kind of like have more fully formed feelings about it. Yeah, no um, worries. <laughs> but I, <laughs> you put me on the spot. Um, I'd like you to write a three page. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's due tomorrow. Oh my God. You just gave me the sweats. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry. I'm getting ready to teach my Beatles class. So I'm like, I I'm, haven't, in, I'm in teacher I mode right now. <laughs> I haven't been in school for five years. And well, this makes me scared. Um, um, but yeah, I don't, I mean, all I can say is that I really enjoyed the whole album and I enjoy like just the huge range of like aesthetics that are involved. Um, yeah. There's really, I mean, and I don't say this to be like, oh, like you just put in a bunch of variety. Like there's something in there for everyone, but it's pulled together by the fact that like you guys are, uh, your performance is like really, really solid, obviously. And again, um, one take. (laughs) Yeah, whole time. (laughs) 
guys are gonna have to tell me how you do that because uh <laughs> yeah um i would say practice but we didn't even practice you yeah just, like, in there and, you and just it. rolled out of bed and roll like just rolled into the studio yeah. and you're like we're ready to go janos was like super hungover <laughs> yeah was, you know the whole yeah, yeah you know me <laughs> Yeah, no, she got to quit drinking yeah. in the morning. Yeah. It's a real problem, oh and honestly, Jordan, I'm kind of pissed that you brought it up. So I'm really, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna call him out on the pod like that. This is where we go deep, guys. Okay. Yeah. This is VH1's behind the music. Right? <laughs> yeah. This is where we're we're spilling the tea, as the kids say. Um, yeah, the tea. Spilling the tea, the tea like the goss, like, the hot goss. <laughs> Or maybe the tea is more like truth bombs. I think the, I'm not really no, sure. I think the I tea know. is like gossip. Like, what's the tea? Like, tell me what's going on. Oh, like the letter T okay. or like, um, you know, nice herbal no, like hot tea. leaf like the, juice. Like the, like the tea. Like we're, we're spilling the tea. Sorry. In the, yeah. That's a, that's a different, that's for a different day. It's a party. That's a whole different. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I must be getting Somewhat old. related, but. Uh, <laughs> um. So I want to um, just run down a couple of things with you guys. Um, so, so this comes out officially on the twenty sixth. Um, remind me again: Are you guys doing like a pre order situation? Yeah, it's available uh, starting on today, dear listener. <laughs> the twelfth. <12th. laughs> you in the future, yeah, or you in the present currently? Um, <laughs> is that? <laughs> sorry, I was thinking about that today. It was like when you say. Dear listener, did you ever listen to Welcome to Night Vale? Yeah, that's the I that's where am I, is that where I got that from? I think so. Because I say that all the time when we do these kind of things or whatever, and I never I can't remember Dear if it's listener. like just an ear po- or an ear pod an NPR thing or not. But anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, podcast. I hope you like yeah, your name. so it comes out uh, or the announcement is on the twelfth for pre order. You can pre order it on Bandcamp. And we have the lovely two versions for you. You can you can pre-order the digital version, or you can pre-order uh, the physical version, the CD, Ooh. if you remember what those are. They're like tiny LPs. Mm. They're like little little vinyl records. Oh, Hunter's got one! Oh, Hunter's got oh. it! Yeah. Hunter, what's for, what, what for everyone for everyone who can't the see that? That you can't <laughs> see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, but. Sorry, oh, go ahead. I was going to add just one more thing about the release. Um, so, yeah, June 26th that's coming out Friday today uh, is the pre-orders and pre-orders on Bandcamp. Uh, and what we're doing with the pre-orders is it's a it's a pay-what-you-want pre-order um, with 100% of the proceeds from the pre-orders going to the Brave Space Alliance, um, which is a black-led, uh, trans-led, LGBTQ plus center on the south side of Chicago um, that all through coronavirus and even before has been doing really great work. Um, for the city of Chicago, um, just recently they've been providing, uh, like they've opened up since coronavirus as a food, uh, food bank, um, on the South side and really just doing the work to make sure that, um, you know, good work gets out there. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's wonderful. Um, and, uh, and will people be able to, um, access, access that pre-order on Bandcamp, like by going to your website like can they find that on your website yeah we'll uh okay. we'll have like a the plan is as the old website designer to have it on the on the front page like when you go to noisexton.com cool uh, you'll either be greeted by a thing that says hey go here um and then you can also get to it on there'll be a little tab for it above but um 
yeah, you can find us on, you'll be able to find us on Bandcamp once it all hits there, because we'll have our, our profile now since it'll be our first release, uh, which is rad. So, yeah, it, it's exciting. And then once it's out, it'll be out in all those places that, uh, that you like to listen to music, like Spotify and Apple Music. And Tidal. Tidal, even. Tidal. Yeah, Jordan's pretty excited that about That was my number, one, my number one requirement was that it ended up on Tidal. But my favorite fun fact, too, is it's licensed to, like, 50 different uh, streaming things or whatever, and one of them just happens to be TikTok for some reason. So what? what? TikTok is a there, streaming platform? If you're ready for the TikTok noise viral the noise dance challenge, trend. Yeah. <laughs> Hit us up. Like, show us what's up, fans. <laughs> uh, I'm going to turn part of Craig's piece into, like, the intro for Down With The Sickness by Disturbed. Yep. Oh! We can make it work. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred ten percent. Yeah, but the TikTok challenge needs to happen. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, I'm on board. Um, well, you guys, congrats on the new album. It's very exciting. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, everybody, uh, everybody, go pre-order this album and uh, today and you can do it today. To right now. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And then you're. It's one hundred percent of the pre-order that goes to Brave Space, yeah. right? Yes. Y'all, the proceeds. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just just pre-order it. You know you're gonna buy it anyway, so like just pre-order it. Yeah, and now's the time to do it because you know yeah. the money will go to a great cause and um, yeah, and you can pick your own price. There you go. Boom. Well, you guys, um, do you have any final words about not milk and cereal? I, uh, uh, no. <laughs> 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 How about thank you, Audrey, for having us. We yeah, appreciate thank you. Oh, okay, that's, okay. That's well, what I was, I, wa- I wasn't fishing. For that, but that's very <laughs> no, I mean, the point is super well made because, like, I think one of the special things about this album to me is that, well, and about albums in general. I don't know how everybody else feels about records, but I have, I, I like records a lot. I have a bunch of them, and they all like our little physical objects that mean things to me or represent things, times in my life, those kind of things. So, uh, you know, this one in many ways, since because of the composers that are on it, you know, friends, mentors, heroes of ours. Um, you know, we didn't talk too much about like Marcus and Dave and Hans, but all of them are just like, you know, we idolize them in a lot of ways, uh, as musicians and composers and just people. Um, but, it like the every time I'll listen to this record or look at it or whatever, it'll remind me just of like how great like the Chicago scene is, and people like yourself who have like made it so welcoming and supportive, and like the thing that you do through this podcast is just like another great extension of connecting folks together and creating like creating the scene. Like um, I'm in a I'm in a book right now of, I, I did my undergrad in Athens, Georgia, at the University of Georgia. There's a new book out called Cool Town, which is all about the Athens music scene. Um, and as I'm reading it, you know, I'm getting like nostalgic for Athens time, but I'm also just mm. like, man, we are like, we're in a, like, you know, we're in a scene right now. That's like a special time um, that, yeah. you know, probably, I mean, it's not why we do it. Like, but yeah, I, I, this is like a really special time to be in Chicago, I think. Um, yeah, and so it's like this is like a big love letter to to all that stuff, and so your podcast is like a part of it. So yeah, Aww. Mm-hmm. thanks. 
You try. <laughs> yeah, no, you do. It's super appreciated by all of us. Um, you guys, thank you so much for being on the pod. Um, I haven't, I haven't been super regular with it since um, all the kerfuffle with coronavirus started. But yeah, that's understandable. Um, I'm, I'm happy to to be coming out of hibernation a little bit uh, with this episode and to be talking with you guys about your album. So it's all very exciting. Yeah, well, we appreciate yeah, you. Likewise. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>